0: the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us go through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links is brought to you by us. Golf Barons. For the first time, we've got all four of us in the same room for a podcast. Phil, Kipper, Dav, welcome lads. Hello. Thank you, Shooter.
1: (laughs) And that was exactly why it's taken us so long, because we had to teach them how to speak.
0: Yes, yeah, well, that's a long-term goal of ours for Kipper, and we will get there. (laughs) I don't think I can ever learn how to speak, to be honest. (laughs) Don't worry, Strixen, you'll be right. We will not be wasting any time in this podcast. We're going to get straight into things today, boys. Hate. We start with our hates, we get it out of our system. Phil, I know you had something that was really a bit of a bugbear for you this week. Surprisingly. Yeah, no, David, you're a man full of it.
1: Meddling, Sometimes meddling, hate. meddling in the game, meddling in the game, <laughs> purely, purely <laughs> to leave a legacy. These people banging on about distance, you can't have distance. And then the etiquette, someone else banging on about distance. You know, uh, flattening a lie and the number of times that PGA Tour pros put a club behind the ball and flatten a lie. And what's the example this is setting for people? Leave the game alone. Are you suggesting
0: we should just stay out of the game and just let the, let us, let natural evolution, let the Darwinism of golf make its way? Darwinism,
1: Damien. So every podcast, every podcast we talk about words that I was not expecting to hear. And today's word, kids, Darwinism. (laughs) I am saying that is exactly what we should do, Damien. Leave the game alone. Just let us enjoy it. Let us embrace it. There's enough rules. There's enough... People telling us what we can and can't do already—it's self-governing. If we want to improve our lie, and people can't help themselves with that or quick raking <laughs> or anything else, well, <laughs> let them do it. Like Cheating
0: the Beatles,
2: like the Beatles said, "Just let it be." Let <laughs> it be. They were the well. John Lennon was the walrus. I kind of want a mm-hmm. drug Olympics too. Just let everyone load up. The walrus and-
0: were, The walrus. You, was you would want that, wouldn't you?
2: <laughs> oh, Devs just.
1: He's like Guy from City. Dave just corrected me and said the walrus, in fact, was Paul. Oh, John said it himself. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> but maybe he should have left that alone too, in the same way the game should be left alone. Golf should a- be left alone. There's enough rules, and we've abided Great. by those rules for a long time. I agree. Equipment evolution is okay. It's okay to try and get better at something. It's okay to get fitter and stronger. It's okay to put your club behind the ball. You don't have to feel you're offending the next generation. It's easier to hit than putting it inside oh, of it. Seriously. Give me a break. You know what else, while I'm on that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I really I really feel like we need another ant Phil. Phil I'm likes him, this didn't. section. But while I'm on that, do you know what I, I hate and I can't help myself? Phil, and I what said do you I hate? wouldn't.
0: What do you hate that you can't help yourself? <laughs> Could
2: we make a whole
1: segment on just Phil? <laughs> I, <And he's> hate, <laughs> I hate the fact that Patrick Reed Oh dear, you brought him up already. <laughs> well he's the one you're talking about with the carbs <laughs> and the sands. I hate away. the fact that Patrick Reed did not come out Three and just own the fact that he buggered it up. Yeah. And then we could have just gone on with either liking him or not liking him because of the divisive personality that he is, as opposed to liking him or not liking him because he he's may a- have breached the rules or flat out cheated. Had he just <laughs> owned it, I hate the fact he's not owned it because I'm really excited
0: for his ability. The fact that he won the WGC, yeah. he's a he's a jet. He's a he's, he's a great a gun. He's an interesting one though. A lot of the feedback we get from people, well. In our area, so in Australia, um, about Patrick Reed is that oh he he's kind of that stereotypical American that you that people think about that you're really loud and brash and and arrogant and lacks all humility and all that, which is just not true of the Americans that I've met. But it's funny because when you speak to the Americans, everyone I've spoken to hates him from over there. Well, hates a very strong word though. Hates him. <laughs> <laughs> they also have orange cheddar cheese,
1: so there's some challenges, and this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree, that he's and very this? divisive. But it would be great if Patrick Reed was divisive, just because he was Patrick Reed, as opposed to sprinkling some icing sugar on top and being the. I, I can't say the word cheat because if the PGA Tour, in their infinite wisdom, decided that, that he didn't cheat, then I can't he call him a cheat. The rule I can't call him a cheat if they
2: didn't call him a cheat. Wow. Well, he's a raw breacher. Kepka's called him a cheat. Others have. that. And I love Brooks. You do. You're a Brooks lover. <laughs> but we're not about love. This but is not day. about love. No, no, this is hate. But Don't bring day. it in early. If, you All right. if you didn't have him in there, it becomes vanilla. I think, I think he's great.
1: That's racist.
0: And on that note, Phil, we will move along a little bit quickly. Um, that's enough of Patrick. Are we done with Patrick? Yeah, done with Patrick, and I'm oh, done with done? my hates. I'm- going to settle down now and embrace someone else's hates. I want to welcome our cameraman extraordinaire and drone master, Davman, Davin. How are you, big fella? Very well. Thank you for having me, Great boys. to have you back, big guy. Good to now, be here. you've got something that you hate, and it's something that we all hate. Well, as clearly the least good golfer. Wrong, here. Phil. <laughs> Sorry, I just had something in my head. But as
3: someone who has been given the benefit of seeing some great courses courtesy of you fellas- Phil and I, really. Not necessarily courses that I get to play. Sorry about that. I'm still trying to get you on. The courses that I get to play, obviously less good than the courses that you guys get to play. But you do love your golf. You love my golf, golf. But the courses that are available to beginners have narrower fairways, in my view- then courses that are that are available to people that are, are, are far better at the. When game. you say available to
0: beginners, do you mean public, public courses?
3: courses? Yeah, so courses that have probably limited land
0: availability. Yeah, uh, more inner city though.
3: Yeah, more inner city. They got to they got to cram cram the fairways in, and so. Are you defeating your own argument here a little? <laughs> I don't know. Inner <laughs> city.
0: <laughs> so it's got nothing to do with it being public, is it?
3: Well, I'm not going to drive to Albury for a game of golf. You've done it before. <laughs> uh, to film you film yeah, you no, guys, perhaps. What I'm saying is... The elite, uh, is that a bit nice? Know, that, that, what I'm saying is that as someone that's learning the game, I'd much rather wider fairways that will not make me feel so bad about my wayward drives. Mm. And I'd just love to play a fairway that I'm supposed to be on
2: mm. for a change. Well, it's funny because I have a lot of my clients who go and play, like, you know, your Royals or your Victorias or you know, Phil, places you around the sand things, that are... You know, typically renowned as, you know, so hard. World class, yeah. Yeah, well, world class, but also fearf- fearful for these people. Like, oh my God, I'm playing Royal, I don't know what to do. And, and they get there and they just cannot believe the width of fairway and the size mm-hmm. of green. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. I guess the toughness in that course is all about how you score really well, not just that you can actually sort of plant it down the fairway and plant it on the green and you still might have a 50-footer for, for your first putt. But I, I take Dad's point that uh, a lot of courses that are a little bit driven by space are structured in a different way. They're very narrow, and greens are tiny.
3: I, I will say that the, the greens on some of these better courses are really intimidating, mm-hmm. like the no, – you know, like this. That's, they're that's so- an interesting. Yeah, but
0: they're not intimidating to look at that. It's sort of the opposite. But though. I think that's a really interesting point because I look at those as a. I see them as really small, a smaller target, rather than intimidating. On sorry, on a public course, mm. I see them as a smaller target. The green. Therefore, yeah, therefore I go. Eh. It's easier to hit a green on a decent course. Well, what we call a decent course, mm. and then you've got and then you've got the condition of the course. It's a. They're quicker, so there's less of a backswing. Which is good for me because the bigger the backswing, the more I'm gonna stuff it up. Mm. It's I, interesting though, how, I,
3: I, yeah, how the perception how much of it's I, perception, I see yeah. a, I see a big green with lots of undulation as three or four parts for me. Mm.
1: But <laughs> that, that is your in effect your point is that yeah. narrow fairways, smaller greens. So everything that is makes the game harder exists at a course where you're meant to be learning the game. Correct. And as you get to the elite level, you get wide fairways and massive greens. Yeah. That yes, they have undulations, but the fear is about the size of the green. Whereas at Bundura, you know, you've mentioned Bundura Park in the past, or or thinking about local Ivanhoe or Freeway Golf or, mm. or some yeah, of the courses yeah, yeah. in, 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 it's in, it's in Melbourne. Melbourne. Anyway, the greens Yara are Benz. tiny, upside down sources. Mm. They are tiny, and yeah. this is where you're meant to be cutting your teeth. Yeah. Yet you'll get onto actually a really nice golf course if we're ever able to get the dress code right. And just because golf's all about snobbery, and <laughs> you'll, you'll actually discover that too, the greens are easy to hit and the fairways are easy to hit, but it's actually harder to score.
0: Do you know what I find harder about public courses, and the the more it's probably more municipal style public course? How do you spell that? You need me to sp- I'm municipal. <laughs> We're not. I'm not this is not going to be a hist- uh, an English lesson for you. Damn! But Sorry, he doesn't like a word a words over eight letters. Anyway. Eight letters is it gets a bit too much. At these council run courses, <laughs> a lot of the time. Thank you. So you did mean to like uh, your- say country courses, didn't you? No, no, I'm talking I'm not talking about Oh, it's just that you stopped halfway through. So anyway, Dav, I'll talk to you directly because <laughs> <laughs> these Muppets have uh, I'm imbibed bad. a little too much, I think. For me though, I find what's tricky about these courses is what makes the game harder is actually the rough, because the rough isn't this isn't a lot it's gonna sound a bit silly, but it's not like a nice rough. It's hard pan or it's this other stuff that makes it actually a lot harder to get there. So if it's already narrower, you're in you're in the rough. Before we're we're on another course, you might be on a fairway or just in the first yeah. cut. Here you're playing off deadpan <clears> that you don't get the same reaction on the ball. I mean, am I am I completely? No, biased? I think
3: that's spot on, and and also I think a lot of the. A lot of the narrower fairways, courses with narrower fairways tend to just line fairways with trees, just to, just for separation, yeah. just to have them there to separate Absolutely. fairways. So you you misfire by a little bit, and not only you're in the rough, you're in the trees,
0: yeah. Yeah. or you're in another fairway, but you're in a fairway blocked by other blocked trees. By other trees. You yeah. shot on. Yeah. Although you were good enough to get to that
2: fairway in the first place, so you yeah. should have been should be good enough to get back.
0: Still a fairway hit, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it was like,
2: but also too like you go to these courses that are you know tr- tree lined and narrow ish fairways that have like, I guess, sparse uh, rough, you, most of the time you're running through into the tree line anyway. And if you are lucky enough to stop before the trees, it's so thin that you're usually in a pretty ordinary line. I think most people enjoy fluffier lies where they feel like they can almost, well, not scoop it, but sort of hit through it and they've almost got that advantage of getting under the ball for free, like a tee shot. So mm. I think it's really true. Like they're they're almost, I suppose, harder to play unless you're good. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Unless well, you absolutely just nail it yeah. and hit it dead straight or- We used to play a pro-am at a course in Melbourne, Albert Park of course, and that, that no. course always- Everyone says, oh, so easy, so easy. It gets rated easy all the time. No one ever shoots more than three or four under on a it's pro-am crazy. day. Because greens are tiny, round the greens are tight, and as you say, pretty inconsistent with your ruff. And it's actually extraordinarily challenging. Whereas Joe that goes up there at plane of thirty, can bump and run it to the front of the edge and and kinda of gets away with a little bit more, but as soon as they get a little bit wider or a little bit better, it's actually a bit more challenging. All the greens are up to upside down sources. So yeah. the one
1: consistent theme amongst a lot of public courses is it's like they've taken a bowl, turned it upside down, built a green over it and moved on. Yeah. So they are tougher greens to hit. Mm. They I mean they are less rewarding for good shots. You don't you're not able to hit a ball 30 feet to the right and have it feed around. You hit it at the pin every time. So it's funny, it, it actually works against, you know, we talk about growing the game and we talk about mm. getting people into the game and enjoying it as quickly as possible. Potentially, one of the things working against the game is how difficult it is to take up because the courses that they're taking it up on are more challenging than the game's elite and golf courses, which is the way Alistair McKenzie, that was actually part of his design philosophy, and the same with Pete Dyer. They want it to get harder, the better you are.
2: Yeah.
1: And easier, the yeah. worse you are. That, yeah. that is why Mackenzie was such a, a phenomenon at, at, when it came to course design. Yeah. And even if you think about Doke and some of the courses that he's done, it's the same thing, okay. whereas the already laid out tracks that have been around forever that were designed by Mar and pa Kettle mm. are just straight line, upside down saucer green, maybe with a bunker. And then the other thing is is that they put really ordinary bunkers around them as opposed to just grass bunkers. Mm. And it would be such a simple change to say, look, you will you'll graduate to bunkers, but let's just grow grass in this bunker and you'll have the shape of it and have that still as the a barrier. But ultimately so you've still got a hazard, but
2: it, it still speeds up the game and gives you a chance to practice a new skill. Half the time fill those bunkers too are only in areas that people that aren't extremely proficient at the shop making will fall into anyway. Yep, <laughs> Most of the shop makers will clear them and not ever ever worry about them. So no I feel your
0: pain, Dav. Okay, boys, well, that's the longest hate this uh, that Tenuous Links has ever had. Woo-hoo. Let's move into some love, boys, because quite frankly, I'm quite depressed right now. <laughs> so it's time for a bit of love, boys. I'm going to kick things off. You've already mentioned Doke Phil, and I'm going to actually talk a little bit about an event I happened to play with the said man, Tom Doke, earlier this week. So it's not just Kipper who can drop names then? I can drop them. Yeah, <laughs> he drops them a lot. No, was, <laughs> that one was guy. a reasonably heavy one too, wasn't it? <laughs> no, I'm um, lucky enough to play in the Renaissance Cup down at the National earlier this week and just wanted to my love, I guess. I mean, the event itself was something that was great and I loved it. But for me, I didn't play well at all. But what I did, I played really poorly, yet I still had a great time and it wasn't the golf that did it, but I actually met a couple, a couple of new people. Well, plenty of new people, but played with some new people from Chicago actually, who were just really lovely guys. We had a how we had an absolute howler of a time together, the four of us. And thank you, David Scaglietti, world-renowned photographer, for inviting me to this event as your guest. I know you're listening to this podcast, so <laughs> thanks again, Dave. But meeting new people. On a golf course, even if you're playing bad and still having a good time, that's something I think is love. It's one of those firsts that we've talked about in the past, Phil.
1: I think it's absolutely. Playing with strangers is the best surprise that you're ever going to get because you just don't know. It can be. But I think it's <laughs> worth the risk. Well. And I think th- this is where golf snobbery takes over. And I'm guilty as this uh, of anybody of booking a group of three people and seeing someone as a single put their name down as the fourth going, oh, really just wanted to play with those three, but or those other two, just because my maths is good. That's one of the caddy skills that Dion taught us. But one of the the joys is often discovering that, you know, it was actually that fourth person that added the value to the day. Exactly, yeah. And away you go. And I just don't – I personally don't do it enough. I'm guilty as charged that I will resent someone putting the name down as opposed to putting myself in that position of being a solo golfer. And I know my old man who's actually just retired from playing golf at – a golf course that he's been a member at for 60 years mm-hmm. actually lamented that same fact. He'd played with the same guys for a number of years 15, 20 years. Didn't expand. And he that said, Yeah, yeah if, if I were to go and play at another golf course, like I could just go and play at a public golf course, but, but I'd be putting my name down with someone that I don't know. And it's such a unique skill to get into that flow of, mm-hmm. you know, oh, but what if they think that I'm not good enough? And what if they're better than me? Or what if, you know, golf's not you actually comes don't
0: in? know who these people actually are and what they can help you with in a golf sense or even in a life sense. They could then out turn out to be some of your best mates. That's, mm. the, that's the kind of closed-mindedness of our approach at times. 100%. I had that
2: my whole career as a caddy because I was a nobody just on the bag of someone who's famous. I'd walk onto that Pro-Am tee. There'd be you know three or four extremely high-profile men or women that have bought $10,000 tickets to play with that pro, and – Half the time, they hardly get talked to, and their caddies, who are their mates, their friends, their partners, whoever it is, they definitely don't get talked to. And it wasn't long, I suppose, when I was on tour, I'm like, well, I'm going to go out of my way here to, you know, I suppose, make them feel at home. Make them feel welcome, yeah. Absolutely. Start conversations. ask what they did. My God, did that playoff off in spades? I, I got front row tickets to everything under the sun. i become uh, Come on, give us some examples. Okay, give me- so Dallas. i right, played. Didn't take him long. He didn't have to. I was, I was waiting take for the breath. name drop, Phil. He didn't give me a chance. <laughs> no, no, no. Now, if i playing Dallas, uh, played with Tiger uh, practice round on the Wednesday. Tiger, Tiger uh, Hernandez the, the- or. The Eldrick Woods, and uh, anyway, long story short, we end up doing a pro am with the oil freaking what do I call them moguls? The Sultan of Brunei. <laughs> he owned the hotel that we were staying in, which obviously we were staying in a nice hotel. I can't remember it was a best, long best time team. ago what hotel it was, but anyway, he the <laughs> Formula Fifty One. Yeah, he befriended me and and all the rest of it. He, he said, look, what are you doing tomorrow night? I said, well, bugger all. And he's like, right, let's go. So sounds like he a got, come on. Gave me to gave me tickets to go big NFL game and with the Dallas Cowboys that next day we're in the tent and he's the big famous guy that oh god I shouldn't remember his name I should have had this prepared but from Um, Dallas the most famous Dallas Cowboy of all time but you're not as in player Uh, yeah the quarterback Troy Aikman no Oh, I remember him. In- anyway, Jesus, ruin- yeah. I'm ruining the story. Anyway, that, 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 you are ruining the yeah, story. Yeah, day I was having beers with him in the um, in the hospitality tent and stuff that I would never had had a day of doing. And every year I went back there, same deal. We got to go to the um, the games each year and just stuff like that happened regularly. Once you opened yourself up, like James has said, yeah. and I ended up treating it as more of a, a really almost like a meet and greet for me. Every pro, I'm like, who can I meet today? Who can I make friends with? Because I, I was obviously a little no-name, and, and and they ended up loving it because I made an effort with them. Every one of them is a
0: is an opportunity, I guess. Huge opportunity. Yeah, yeah right?
2: absolutely. And then and they're there because they love golf.
0: Right? They're there because they are inspired by watching the, the player. So. so there you go. There's my love. There's my love, Phil. Good love, Damo. New, new company. And it's a little bit – it's almost – a bit of an antithesis to what I would normally say because I like I'm a bit of a, a bit of a homebody at times. I like to be do my own things and not have that change necessarily. But it opened my eyes up this week, so I'm yeah very grateful. For it. Thank you, Dave. I know you're listening, big fella. Now let's move on to another love. I know Dave had a love which had around around the execution of skills in golf.
3: Yes, you boys know I'm I'm a fan of sport in general. I play a lot of sport, but what I love about golf is that golf is a game that is built around the execution of a skill and not the execution of a skill in a specific context. So... What I mean by that is you can, you know, you can practice a forehand or you can practice a jump shot, but you throw yourself into a game situation in another sport, and you've got to then execute that skill with other variables in play. Defense, maybe you can't shoot the jump shot moving your left or right. You know, try hitting a forehand when it's being whacked at you by a Novak Djokovic, but in golf, you're executing a skill that you've practiced on the range, or, or, or where it is, and it's just you and that skill. So, so you don't think the pressure is an element there, or absolutely. But that is the the distraction. That is the challenge. It's executing the skill with the pressure and the course, and but it's still you in in a situation that is static.
0: I Static. Suppose. I guess was the word. I was yeah. Answer, yeah. Yeah. So, so to use the basketball analogy. Yeah. because yeah, there's not enough basketball in this podcast. <laughs> no, no,
1: and there needs to be more. There needs what? to be more. Basketball I always say in more basketball podcast.
3: than a golf podcast. It, it makes sense. Uh, it makes perfect sense.
1: Golf is a free throw. <laughs> Correct.
3: I think that's. So a really every every shot analogy. is a free throw. You, you just
1: plan, love that you plan plan you plan to make that up? And, that's, But but that's, how many? That's the name of Dion's
3: new book. <laughs> <laughs> Without delving too far into the sport of basketball, how many great basketball players were not great free throw shooters? Which should be the easiest thing to execute. And to your point, shooter. It's because of pressure it's because of you know whether the game's on the line whether you're playing away whether you're got-
0: playing in a major or just a, an everyday kind of tournament that's
3: right that's or, the do, they, or
1: do they get so good at shooting while they're moving that they forget to practice maybe they spend 80 90 no, 80, percent of their practice on catching and shooting in moving situations and as opposed to statically free-throw lines no, like-
3: I think like every, at the end of every, every practice, you will see guys at the foul line, they they practice foul shooting a lot.
0: To your <laughs> point, though, Phil, that's like amateurs practicing their drive driver a hundred times, you know, over and over and over and over again, but no putting. Why no puttin? putting? Ooh. And where is the game won and lost, boys? <laughs> well, being partnered with you. But- that's right. From a, and I'm happy to carry you time and time again, Phil. From a
1: free throw point of view, potentially, if you practice the wrong skill over and over, and I was lucky enough to have a, a good conversation with a shooting NBA shooting coach called Dave Love, Can who's also up, a golfer, but he's also a golfer, and we were actually talking about this this idea of of putting and skill and rehearsing and rehearsing over and over the right skill or the wrong skill within that. So maybe their free throws, maybe their intuitive skill while they're on the move means that their technique is perfect, but that skill when they're actually in a set situation, their skill breaks down. Ooh. And maybe <laughs> the same thing happens in golf, but in reverse. Interesting. So they need they need more pressure to take it over. But I think the idea of golf being a free throw is great because there's not many sports where you're not no. under external pressure mm. to be able to deliver. Well very for recently, example
3: very recently we we have shot a video where you boys were put under a bit of time pressure.
1: <laughs> the eight He's second like, challenge boys. How'd that go? <laughs> well, we'll have to find out
0: for whom. Oh right, we'll have to find out later on. So so does that does this not take into take into? Because uh, in that there was a little bit of there it was shown by one ass. Phil Burt. But I think, oh, right! So it was
1: the arse that made the difference, well, not the seventeen attempts you got to hit over the water on the second. Well, systems.
3: I think what I think is interesting as well is is you see it in in, in AFL where where player like forwards or, or anyone can't can kick, can, from kick from kick twenty from meters ball, out in front, but can kick from fifty. Drives the run. me nuts. And and easiest I, and kicking. I think belt. that has and to do with three. a little bit of there's more excuse to miss from fifty, so there's less pressure. So they relax, they unload, and they they kick through the ball. They get tight when they're 20, 30 metres out. Because everyone expects them to kick that. Everyone expects them to
0: kick that. It's the three-foot putt. A lot of people- Like how many amateurs do you know who would- if they're honest with you, would rather have a 10-foot putt for birdie than a three-foot putt for birdie but because they know that three-footer, th- that should be a birdie. That's their miss. Rather than go, hang on, I've hit a better shot in to hit it to, th- to three feet, tap it in, done. But they go, no, no, I've got an excuse from 10 feet because you don't know, oh, you know, that's that's missable. But isn't that, isn't that golf? You that's know, what I'm saying, yeah. You
3: know, but, but even, you know, a fairway shot where you know the distance, you know the club, you know your swing, you should be able to- put that ball on the green or you should be able to put it where you want it to go, but you, that's, that's but the pressure. But it comes pressure. down to putting, and that's though. The, the pressure, putting pressure is
0: right? a different kind of pressure. Would you agree with that, Phil? Or is
3: it just a different degree of the same kind yeah, of pressure? Yeah, so, so potentially because everything
1: stopped around a putt, it is the final – it's the end of the golf hole just as a shot for goal in AFL or a, a, a mm. kick in NFL or a free throw – is the end of a play? It's very finite, yeah. and all eyes are on that and one shot—the goal. Yeah, but all eyes are on that one shot. That's so it's true. actually pressure, and it's implied pressure of lining up being imposed on yourself. So, so what happens when you're kicking on the run, or or during play, or otherwise? It be basketball, football, or soccer—anything—is that you're just acting on instinct and acting on years of training and years of hard work. But the minute everything slows down, you're you're actually compounding. Any doubt you might have had is going to be accentuated by a mm. hundred times, a thousand times, because everything's, everyone is watching you. So on a golf hole, there might be two people. Don't know if we're playing together. We're on opposite sides of the fairway. Like neither of us on the fairway, most likely. But yes. so therefore, you just get by. You just hit approach mm. shots. So not only there's no there's a l- lower expectation personally, but the, there's a lower expectation of your playing partners mm. to be able to deliver. The closer you get to the green, I think you'd find that maybe even heart rates change, but the level of expectation changes. So so to use your NBA shooting percentage idea is that someone who catches and shoots, the expectation of the crowd watching them is they'll make 60% of them. Mm. But when they get to the free throw line, everyone is sitting there going, you're 80, paid $30 yeah, million dollars a year. How can you not make yeah. every one of these shots? You're under no pressure because well, look- everyone's looking at you <clears> saying, <throat> how can you not make every one of these shots? And that's not even to a three-footer. With thirty thousand people
0: watching, correct, or three people watching, it doesn't matter. So, so no like, people watching. What well, is the standard of one thing? But
3: let, let me ask you, let me ask you guys this: <laughs> like when when you're hitting any any golf shot, let, let's say anything seven, say something to the
0: driver. So so one fifty back, you reckon?
3: Yeah, let's say one fifty back. When you execute that skill, how aware of you? How how aware are you're you? You're asking the wrong you, guy of each particular. <laughs> Aspect of the action. So, how aware is the driver from one hundred and fifty? How (laughs) aware are you of of your physically of your swing, of your stance, (laughs) how you've how you've made
2: contact with the ball? Yeah, well, I think that's where, like, further to your points, it's a weird sport, golf, because the ball's stationary. It's one of the weirdest sports like that. Everything else is moving; it's all reactive. And process ultimately produces result, right? So you get so driven into being almost like a little robot. You do the same stuff, the same stuff, the same stuff. And whether it's three foot, you know, 10 foot putt, 30 foot chip or 100, 200 metre drive, you're always Mm. doing the same stuff. Yeah. But but
3: I guess what I'm saying is in the middle of a rally between, you know, Federer and Novak, they're not thinking about technique. No. No, they're
1: not thinking. They're just They're not thinking it's back exactly, hit. Tim Gilway. But because back
3: because golf is such a, a slow, measured game, it almost forces you. I mean, this is as someone who's f- much more of a beginner than you guys, obviously, obviously. much experienced. <laughs> but one guy, I, I assume. But, <laughs> but the point is, because it's slow, it's such it's it's a game that's slowed yeah. down so much, it almost forces you to think of things that you shouldn't even be thinking about. Yeah. That right. should just be second nature. They should just be happening. So the two elements,
1: just as final point, the two elements then that exist within a golf hole is the last putt and the first shot. Because the rest of it, you're spread out everywhere and there's no expectation. So the tee shot and the last putt are the two that have the highest amount of pressure, be it in front of 10,000, 10 people, one person, it doesn't matter. They're the two that have the most pressure and the most opportunity to think about what you're doing. And that's why the eight-second shot clock, Damien, as proposed by you... Thank you. ...is absolute genius because it removes, it brings in instinct... And removes that technical assessment of now grip, swing, back, you know, cock, wrist, swing, turn, hip, load, left side, yada, 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 yeah. or whatever it's meant to be. I'm not the coach, you're the coach. You're, Where are you on you're that you're one? No, it sounds good. I'm going to try. <laughs> cock, you know, wrist part, that you down down don't good. need to think about. Back hit, Tim Galway, back hit. In a game of golf, in a game of tennis. Didn't think
0: we could top the hate, but no, that love's gone on for a very long <laughs> I, time. I blame,
3: so I blame me on both of them. But
1: we've introduced now, so. an intellectual. This is gold.
0: <laughs> but I do like I do like where you were going with that, boys. In fact, a lot of that you know that commentary could kind of change your game. It was pretty it's pretty cool. In fact, Phil, let's get into game changers. I'm gonna kick Which things off. <laughs> Smooth, <laughs> an Shade loves, loves you. you. Game changers. For me, really simple one and something that's worked for me, gripping the club lighter. I know it sounds very simple and a simplistic approach, but in terms of timing, in terms of getting your tempo right, in terms of just relaxing your body, grip. So if you think, so for example, think of gripping a club. If you gripped it at 10, do you really tensing as tight as you can? Very much so, Phil. Yet two would be really light. Just holding it can almost fall out. Now I was, I was, taught this by someone, actually a really older gentleman who was still flushing at like 85 up at Yarrawonga, actually. And I tried it and I went, God, this guy's a genius. And it was, hold it. So if you think of 10 is really tight, one or two is almost the club falling out of your hand. Hold it at about three or four. And I found that it relaxed the body and got everything moving really well. Phil, uh, Kipper, as a as a coach, is that a would that be good advice, to you reckon? 100%. Anymore? I do a little drill where- you Can gotta, I get 300 bucks an hour for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more, times. First time
2: you've ever got 100% in your yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> There's a drill where you do the, that exact thing, go to the top yep. of your swing, take all your fingers or feel like you take your fingers off a club, start yep. down with what feels like no hand pressure and then when you're halfway down, turn the jets on with the hands and give it a rip. You've effectively stopped hand hitting early in the swing and that grip pressure things a, it's just been a great tip forever, grip it lightly, but I think a lot of people start with it light and exponentially get it, I suppose, harder and harder on the grip in the backswing and on transition, and therefore they're defeating the purpose. They'd be better off gripping it firmer to start with, then lightening up a little bit on the backswing and transition, and then gripping them the hell out of it. Yep. So,
0: yeah, it's a very valuable. And have you found that people, when they get a bit nervous or they haven't been hitting it well, they actually grip it tighter thinking, I can, I can sort of control, it, control. And it's actually fighting against yeah. the thing that's going to help. It's
2: like a common human trait. Steer it, go easy. Yeah, right, good. They're all the same things. You're better off getting up there and ripping the hell out of it because you can't control <laughs> the direction anyway, or at least it'll be what it is. So you just actually have to let go a little bit. Yeah,
1: perfect. So uh, what doubt, what doubts have you had about that, Damien, for the fact that you've needed to go back to that? So at some point in time, yeah. even you have gone from a three, gripping it at a three to a six, and no doubt to an 11. What's what's occurred to you to make it go back to a three or a four again? That, that's it, the challenge.
0: It's just one of those things, that, I mean, this was this was told to me probably, Well, are we now, probably seven, seven or eight years ago, and I just find myself, there, there's some little tips that I've been given in my time that have worked for me that when I'm struggling, or I'm not I'm not hitting it as well, because I'd like to think I'm a fairly decent ball striker. And when I'm not striking it well, I sort of like the world that I go back to. And so the, recently, I'm not hitting him well, went back and went, hang on. And I realized, so one of the other ones for me is cupping. I, when I cup, I, I slice the hell out of the ball. So- I'm conscious of that. When it happens, it's sort of like a little trigger in me. And oh, yeah. you also oh, get
1: on. these little bruises on your back.
0: Yes, I do. That's, that's <laughs> good by you, yeah. And acupuncture points. You. Phil's the comedian of the group, clearly.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I just don't know what cupping is, so I thought I'd deflect. As um, demonstrated by David podcast.
2: That was cupping. <laughs> 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 Write that down.
0: By the way, for the listeners out there, that's when the hand hinges. There you go. And it only happens to be on driving. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to this with the club line, so I realised that I'm not flashing it. What is it? What's the problem here? And I'm and you get again. It's that thing we just talked about. Mm. I personally tense. I get I get tighter and tighter and tighter. Whereas when I when I'm doing that, I think, oh, hang on. And the tip comes back to me, and I try it, and then you hit a couple out of the screws, and you go, ah, that's all it was. And and everyone's got their own little triggers. But I was just wondering if that was something that's actually real or just something that's in my head. Hundred percent. Yep. That's two hundred percent. I'm doing well, Phil. I'm two times (laughs) You, you at the moment. Yes.
1: You're doing – no, that is that is a very good point in terms of grip pressure, but it's interesting what happens in that we second-guess things that we know are going to work in the quest to find other things or, or to fix other problems. We doubt what we know works, which is that grip pressure. So then the challenge is finding something that reminds you about grip pressure, the same as we were talking about quite a few podcasts ago about having a song that you swing that sets a tempo in your or rhythm yeah, that for works you, for your that, but a song can only be sung at one Speed, unless it's butchered by a cover band, in that you when it's played too quickly, it just doesn't sound right. When it's played too slowly, it just doesn't sound right. Gets so,
2: it, everybody.
1: Sorry. Or or you could get down to sing and then that really ruins everything. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Just remembering an on on odd days. note, Phil, I I've, I've written down here that you wanted to talk about playing with strangers.
1: Well it was it was further to your love, Damon. It was actually this and I'm not sure that I can quite make it a goal because I'm just too stuck in my ways. But the joy of discovering something, but the joy of discovering something new, yeah. and maybe as a goal, and we spoke about our personal goals for the year, but maybe as a goal, it is one in every four games I should play with someone that I've never met. But because I'm a golf snob, I wonder whether or not other people are therefore golf snobs. And when you see their names on a timesheet, whether yeah. you say maybe they really wanted to play as a three. Or maybe they really wanted to play as a two. Or maybe the the reason there are only two names on that sheet is because they haven't seen each other for 35 years yeah, yeah. and this is their one chance to play golf together. And you start to bring into doubt why I would or why I would not put my name down against their name. But, yeah, it's interesting. But you just, you just discover it's... new things, you meet new people. And in fact, I played golf with a guy down at the National and it took me or it took us, because I won't take all the blame, even though it was my fault, 15 holes to discover that we Grew up playing golf at the same golf course that we knew potentially 10, 11, 12 people that we had in common, that my old golf pro was married to his cousin, That all these other things. Is that because
0: you thought it would be rude shouting from the other fairway? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well,
2: at least I shout at some stage, don't I? He's taken serious offense to that. It shouldn't be offense, mate. It shouldn't it's, it's be. considering I've supplied you all with on the copious
1: amounts of <laughs> grog tonight. Oh, you've supplied us with copious amounts of grog, have you, Damien? Yes. Phil we'll walked onto the first What is it exactly up. that we've been consuming
0: tonight, Damien? Is a perfect lead into golf tipples. It would be, but I've actually got another game changer here, Phil. So you <laughs> just sit back and let me do the hosting. <laughs> It'll want to be that better man. than the first one. Dev man, I know that you've got something that's a bit well, of a game changer for you.
3: I wonder, I'll put this as a question. When was the last time, mm-hmm. obviously we do a lot of filming, but when was the last time that you guys looked at your own swing on video critically? right? Critically? So critically when was the last climbing? time you had a look at your swing and made observations about well, I what you're doing?
0: That, in, that last the thing actions. we did, I thought we were looking at a like hundred frames a second, but it was actually full speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... But for me, I've seen. I, I don't look at myself on camera a lot. Just in mirrors, from a from a from a technical point of view, I've seen a few times. I've because I know being a cricketer growing up, I know I've got that over the top, and I've it, it took me seeing it to realise how yep. much I still wasn't coming inside the line. So for me, yeah, I have a, a little bit, but not a heap.
3: I think, and I think that like hardly anyone does it. And and this works across sports as well. But I think in, in golf, I mean, <laughs> how many times? Probably a lot. A lot of listeners could could relate to this. You, you go and play with with mates, and they start throwing, and start giving you tips, all or, these tips. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. how about you just you've got, we've all got a phone, Kipper? You probably put a, put a phone down and, and film your swing and have a look at it, and you'll probably learn a lot more about your your game than, than you can from the many Kipper games. would be the expert on this one because you
0: you would do this in your teaching, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, and I think the thing about it is, is that. Is that if a person looks at their own swing, they'll see things that are obvious, but they're not normally the cause. So, everyone says, you yeah, know, keep your head still. Do so you see the effect, but right? not the cause. Yeah, it's just a, yeah, exactly right. So, the cause and effect are a completely different thing. And when you see, I guess, obvious movement, which is what your mates see, mm-hmm. what your friends always point out to you. It's normally the aftermath of the problem. So I've got so many people say that to me, you know, mate in the weekend said this, and he's right. It's a, it's the obvious movement that he can see, but it's not actually what he's, the mates then told him to do is half the time wrong. So it's a, it's a really hard one. Like, further to that point, you need both. You need to look at your own swing and understand your own swing because that's the, all that matters. There's no point looking at Tiger swings or Furyk swings or whoever, because... They're different somatotypes, different arm lengths, different body masses. Mm. All of it's different rotational issues. So you can't look at anybody else's swing and bench it off that. You really can't. You've got to understand your own tendencies and what you're trying to achieve, and that takes a bit of time to understand what you're trying to sort through. And then once you do that, absolutely look at yourself and diagnose. So what you're saying
3: is that that there might be something glaring in your swing that's wrong, but – but that might be the, the end point of, of an issue that's happening somewhere else. Absolutely,
2: yeah. And when people see – and that's the other thing that's changed a lot in my philosophies over the last 20 years. What I used to foresee as wrong is now just a problem-solve. As I used to think, it used to be have to be really aesthetically beautiful. Mm, like mm. when I was 20, I, I'm like, you got to swing like Adam Scott. Yeah. And I remember – I'm categorically standing on the, on the a practice fairway in one of my first events, uh, caddying on the US tour, looking at the greatest players on earth, and I was making fun of them right, because of their swings. And I'm, I look at that little twenty-year-old kid now. I'm like, what a naive little fella. Like, you know, years on when I tried to play myself, they were all still beating me. And you eat humble pie because you realise nothing else matters except six inches either side of the it's ball. It's the result yeah. rather than it's all about. Which was the it.
1: David Faraday Colin Montgomery comment. Mm. whereby he walked allegedly. Reportedly, yes. Legal. Uh, walked legal past cannabis, yeah. Colin Montgomery on the practice field and said, so Monty, is that your real swing? You're just taking the piss.
2: Yeah,
1: Because it actually doesn't matter. Yeah. Like get it get it hit. And then the other concept of feel versus real is what something might feel like is not actually what it looks like or, or plays like. So 100%. You've just got to know. So a little bit of knowledge is quite dangerous. So to your point or to your question, Dev, every couple of weeks I would, but I don't know what I'm looking at other than the fact that it's far too slow. Neither do any of us. So I actually, as opposed to Damien, I actually speed my swing up to get it to normal speed Mm. just to see what would happen. So And I've had to learn how to manipulate my (laughs) video player to be able to get it to that point. So I'm playing it on 100 frames a second just to be able to see it because otherwise I feel like that, no, as I'm falling off a cliff.
3: But but you guys talk about all that matters is the outcome. but, But if someone can execute... Really well with a really flawed technique, aren't they? The exception rather than the rule. No,
2: and that's what that no that that's the thing is what you understand more and more and more about biomechanics and movement is that it, it's always this goes with that at Suzanne. So if you look at all the players in the early nineteen hundreds up till really nineteen ninety. All of them had inside takeaways, all of them had over-the-top moves, and they all shallowed the club. You look at now modern-day players, they all take it outside on the way back Drop with it the club in. hit yeah. and try to shallow from the top on an on-plane arc, right? No one gets taught inside over the top as a young kid. That's the first thing they'll Be change. You're told to not do, 100%, yeah. 100%, right? So, but it's they also, it's like, I guess, modern teaching changes. They also teach less rotation in the back with the hips these days. You know, yesteryear, lots of rotation. So if you rotate lots and you're inside, are you really inside? No, right? So that's where, as a real conundrum, when you look at this person's swing, and I can say this undoubtedly, I've studied now for 20 or 30 years, and I only now really feel like I can look at an individual a beginner and match up what they could look like as an elite player okay. as their tendencies. And they have no chance of doing that because they haven't spent 30 years messing around with all types of techniques. They just look at beautiful swings. They're told what's nice
0: mm-hmm. and they try to do it. So is imp- for you, is impact position more important than anything else that goes 100%. on behind it's the only. It's the only thing about it. No, and it's, it's not just me, that's a fact. Very nice by you, Man, So would you suggest that we do film ourselves or 100%. Not? And then rough. come to you and- No, 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 100%. 100% but just, no, 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 You don't need a golf coach, right? You really don't. <laughs> be careful, you'll talk yourself out of business <laughs>
2: here. <laughs> I might have some free time order films, so that'd be good. No, you don't need a golf coach all the time, right? What you need is a golf coach that can help you in your movements, right? He doesn't need or she doesn't need to coach you- to swing like anybody, they just need to coach you to understand your tendencies, your movements. Mm-hmm. So, learn what you do and what you do well, learn what you do and what you do poorly, and have them all make, I suppose, moves that help that. That's also absolutely work with someone, but understand your own swings more powerful than anything. Lee Trevino proved that. One of the weirdest looking goal swings of all time, one of the greatest ball strikers. One of the
0: greatest cameos ever in a movie. <laughs> He
2: owned his swing.
0: <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's I a love it's
2: Grizzly Adams did a, have a it. It's a, a lost art owning
0: your swing. <laughs> and Grizzly
2: Adams no, it did really it is. Yeah. Everyone's told now how to swing it. That's just the way we've evolved. Dev's banned
1: from asking future technology. Uh, intelligent <laughs> questions. Uh, I think we go back to the podcast out, that into, we had. Apologize. We, I apologize. Sincerely. we just
0: go low, bro. Hey, ice cream. Yeah. We need Outstanding. V- vanilla. Very good. Phil, this is usually where we talk about or we get into golf tipples. And if you haven't noticed yet, we started this segment reasonably early today, and we're we're a couple couple deep. Yeah, we Fair started start.
1: it yesterday, to be completely <laughs> frank. Looking oh, at the
0: clock, <laughs> technically, yes, that is correct. So, what was the pick of the pick of the Reds tonight, boys? For mine, it was the Peringa Estate Pinot from twenty thirteen. Phil, it was a two thousand and thirteen
1: Peringa Estate Pinot, Damien. And I will say thank you again for you giving that to me many years ago, and thank you to me for not drinking it. And
0: I don't know how you did it. That wouldn't impressive. have lasted. That uh, wouldn't have lasted two days in my hands. Must have lost it. The number of yeah. times to- I must <laughs> say, the, the of number the of times the number of times
1: I have taken that bottle out and put it on the bench and gone, yep, yep, no, nah, and then put it back and taken it out because pigs and strawberries. I still don't understand why I'd be given it, having tasted it tonight. That was delicious. Outstanding. I'm
0: feeling a little bit guilty that you've wasted it back on me after when it's meant to be a present, but you know what? Well, I'm just going to go along with it and I enjoyed it. We've also had a Hazel Grove Shiraz blend. It's been a good night. We're getting through a few boys. Shall we move along? Straight into gear effect, Phil? We should do that. Let's do it. Over to you. (laughs) Performance versus brand.
1: Yeah, that, that's my theory. And, and I, again, I don't want to make myself sound like Dav and ask too much of an intellectual question.
0: <laughs> Not a lot of chance of that happening. But, but
1: many, many years ago, there was a- Just give a, it a go, Phil. A, a golf <laughs> brand. Okay, I'll try my best. Many years ago, there was a golf brand that as part of their advertising slogan, because they were trying to get people to switch onto their golf ball, said, are you brand loyal or loyal to your game? So which which one is it? Would you rather be brand A the cat, whole way cat, through, cat, cat or is it price? all about performance? And then from a retail point of view, it's actually the primary question: is are you actually after the best performing golf club? Let's say I'm looking for a driver. Are you after the best performing driver that I can find you today, or are you brand, or are you after the best performing? Ping driver that I can get you, or, or yep. Callaway, or TaylorMade or whatever insert brand here. It actually doesn't matter.
0: So, it's your question around whether people are more brand loyal or performance? Yes, driven.
1: because because what I've seen is that people are tend to be more brand loyal, more at that beginner
0: mm.
1: or early player phase where they'll buy. They might buy a package, or they think you know I'll buy again all Callaway equipment, or I'll buy all Strixen equipment, or I'll buy all Ping equipment. But it's enough to Sorry. get me
0: into. Is that Srixen? <laughs>
1: Or they'll buy Strixen equipment if Thank they can you. buy an extra valve. <laughs> Is that the Chinese and knockoff? Does that, does that come with a free tee? <laughs> but they tend to, as you get further into the game, you'll find that players, even, even with Lawton, I had this conversation with a couple of associates of mine in the industry, because you know I daren't use the word friend, where they, were actually, where they were discussing the fact that one of their friends from their local golf club, was absolutely adamant that no, this is the only ball I use. I use this ball all day, every day, because it was their brand and they'd put him onto it. Okay, so that gets a tick. But then it moves on to, I need to buy some new golf clubs and I got a fitting from a competitor. So at what point in time do I say, you know what, I'm not willing to sacrifice anything for my game? In my, my game is everything or my or, or brand loyalty is everything. And so we used to see it every day. So I suppose my question is from from you good folk do you see yourselves as more brand loyal or loyal to your own game? Well,
0: well, for me, I'm one, personally, I'm a mixer. I'm very much a, I think with my irons, I'm brand loyal because I think, I know you, that's probably what happened. I haven't done, ever checked the percentage of this, but I'm assuming that's the most shots you're going to have. It's going to be with your irons other than your putter. For me, I'm very brand loyal around that, but I'm happy to have a mixed match. In fact, I don't know anyone who's got anything top to bottom, other than guys who are pros, um, like a kipper, for example, who's, who's been – am I, mean, I wrong? A bit, well, no. But I think also, too, when you start
2: the game, you kind of want to fit in. So I think if I had my way and I was starting, I'd bloody love a set that was all the same and head covers all the same. and like you'd, you'd kind of feel like you fit it in even if you couldn't hit it. Or, yeah. And that was, that's, that honestly, I think that's part of the, uh, the allure of the branding. But the better you get – if you're not sponsored, then I think it'd be crazy for you not to shop around, look for things that match your eye and and you like the look and feel of and and whatever. Like it's just the way to go. It
1: was evidenced by WGC again, you look at the winners bag from WGC that happened last week. Who won? Patrick
2: Reed. I was to say his name again. Nice clunkers there,
1: <laughs> but ping driver. So he's so he's got not he- much rough out there. His irons are, no, he didn't play in Brazil, it was in Mexico, but his irons are prototype made from a, I don't even know the name of the iron company, which is good research by me, Some but he's them. got a, he's got a G400 driver, a Ping G400 driver, because obviously he's decided that that is the driver that performs best for him. Right. We saw Brooks Koepka change from a, just because I'm slowly trying to wean myself off Brooks, but he, he changed from a Talamo driver to a Callaway driver at the start of the season because he's not contracted to pay anything. And we spoke a bit about this in a previous podcast, this idea of if you could build the best bag. Now, Rory McIlroy or McIlroy may well (laughs) say (laughs) that I I believe I have got the best golf bag that I can possibly build or there might be a lingering doubt that says, gee, I wish I had those. He certainly wasn't saying that when he switched to
2: Nike. No, (laughs) but maybe he wished wished that he could use Vokey wedges. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, well, there's an old rule on tour, you change one thing at once. And fit it in. That's so, like the one goat rule, isn't it? Yeah,
0: a little bit. So, so you're keeping the var- <laughs> so you're keeping the variables limited, Down to one, so that yeah. you can see what the difference actually Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Mm. Look, if you can compare that to other sports. So look at cricket, for example. Growing up, as you know, as kids, you'd have you'd be a grey nicks, or you'd be a cookie, you know, a Kookaburra kit. You'd have the pads, you'd have the gloves, you'd have the bat, mm. you would do it all. Mm. I can't think of anyone in golf who does that nowadays. No, except beginners. No, but even then, I don't see beginners doing oh, it. Uh, external to professionals. External to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also couldn't,
3: you know, I couldn't see someone going out and buying their first set, and then their mate says, "Well, w- what are your clubs?" And they say, "Well, I got the the ping, Strix, the Ping wood, and then I got the Mizuno irons." And they're just going to go, "I got the
0: Ping top to bottom." Yeah, I think mean, like, that's an easy entry. Yeah. It's all safe, right, so
3: and they pick a brand and they want to just. But sort so of,
0: saying that, Dav, in your kit right now, is it all one brand? My kid is,
3: is... Is it all one brand? yes or no answer. yes or no answer. Well, my kid is, a, is full contra. Answer the question, sir. My, my kid is full contra.
0: <laughs> the only club <laughs> I paid for contra. is a putter. Oh, God, this is not good for us. <laughs> <laughs> He's stolen clubs off every set. Okay, I've I've Actually, no, it's a I've
1: good question.
3: I've exchanged clubs for video content. <laughs> well, I
1: understand that. But <laughs> there's, a really go. good, there's a really good question here. So you had a full set other than your putter? Did that make you want to go and buy the putter that matched the brand of the rest of the set that you contred off? 100% did. you do that? I
3: did. Did you? I bought a Wilson Damn, putter because that. I had Wilson eyes in a Wilson bag. Oh, did wow. you have a Wilson volleyball? And put? And a, I did Wilson contred. Put a face <laughs> on him period. and yell at Wilson all the well, time? The,
0: well, the joke's on you because you're stuck with Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes Wilson sponsorship. <laughs> But, I it, can't is that, be but it is them. that.
1: Dirty. I've got the contact. If you- <laughs> so, the, but the other one is on that on that mixed bag idea of, from an amateur level is the fact that everyone will move towards something based on peer pressure as well. It's, oh, clearly the best ball. Yeah, true. and you see this that happened even when TaylorMade released TP five. Is there was just this groundswell of oh, let's all move away from let's be that, and back yeah. to TP five because Davo said it was the best. Oh, Davo said it was the best. We've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I say Davo's full of it, <laughs> and and so as a result. Teddy comes out and he says, "No, no, I tried the new Strixon because I saw the review that Dion did on Strixon, <laughs> and find the ball, and they're clearly the be best." Shot. And then, and then they all move to Strixon, <laughs> although they can't find it, as you say, in the shop because they're still We've, they keep googling S T R I X O N. It's and, not a
0: golf brand,
1: <laughs> yeah, and even Siri is over having Strixon googled thanks know. to your review. But so they do shift. But so there is all these other things: there is peer group pressure. There is there is a little bit of Maslow, there's a little bit of personal brand loyalty. But it was just, for me, it's an interesting one is because often people will go in with a set idea in mind of, no, I just want this brand.
0: Mm. I'm going to buy a driver. I'm going to buy this brand. I think, so- I mean, I think there's safety in that. Mm. Keep up. I'm happy with that. But you've got another little, uh, little bit of gear effect you wanted to talk about. Well, I just reckon you, you need some new gear every time you play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> to be brutally honest. Like, I, I just love rocking up to a course with something new and it can be as simple as like a glove golf,
0: golf equipment are we talking about or yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. anything no no no, no just something new to your game yeah no definitely golf equipment <laughs> no but yeah. like something it, tangible
2: either and I'm, I might sound stupid
0: bit, but new shirt or, or a new glove
2: yeah I or get a new scorecard bag of tees so, sorry
0: sorry was that keeper on record talking about a new glove I <laughs> <You're what? laughs> yeah. I got through to him well, uh- <laughs> Yeah, I haven't used Are you wearing I've them? Got, no, I've got lots of them in the bag. I yes. you, you have a new one. Don't wear it,
2: but have it in your bag. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I think, if, for me, it's the, the confidence. It's like when you wash your car and you drive down the street and you think, everyone is looking at this car because it's washed. No one gives a crap, right? No one even notices. No one even no notices, notices you've yeah. washed your car, but you feel good about it, right? Mm. And that's how I feel when I roll into a golf course with something new in my back. I just no, think, exactly. well, I'm due to play better with this, <laughs> whatever the hell it is. So, no, I, I think you just go out and well, spend some money.
0: Well, for you, it doesn't matter. You only have to buy one thing and then- uh, well, I'm not saying I purchase it. No, I just no, say- no, get, get, it. get, get,
3: get two
2: new, yeah, get steal, two new things. Steal it. Steal it. Yeah. Um,
3: be, be, knock not enough one of your mates, Be nice to,
2: to sponsors <laughs> and make sure you get something new every time you play. Excellent.
0: <laughs> new set, maybe. Every no, time. no, that's, that's fair enough. Now, boys, we've been a little bit silly tonight. We had a bit of fun, but let's talk about- about the about some baronesque behavior that we've seen over the time, and I'm happy to kick this off again. Back with the Renaissance Cup that we're playing down at the National, playing with these guys from Chicago. Phil, they've been down. They'd play. They went down to Bambougle. They played a couple of a couple of the courses down there. They came and played Royal Melbourne before. This has all happened before we caught up with them. They were keen here. They got away from their their family. They were allowed, you know, the leave pass for a little bit. Get as much golf as you can as you can get in. They were loving their trip down here. We're out there. We've played played a game. They wanted to get out for another 18 holes. We got our barons hooks into them after we finished our first round, and we said, yeah, cool, we'll go out for another hit, but why don't we just have a couple of drinks to start, kick things off? And before you knew it, we were sharing lifelong stories. These guys turned into, these guys from Chicago, so I'll shout out to Pete and Chris, the boys, great fun. We ended up drinking all day together, share, sharing our stories together, and by the end of it, we were lifelong friends. That, to me, is what barons are about. It's about the hour after or the hour before the game, rather than just the golf itself. And by the way, Chicago is a cracking city. Chicago,
1: it's just a beautiful place. Buddy Guys Legends Blues Club. I've got some very fond memories of Chicago. So the music a bit? No, no one's got fond memories of the music. That's why I was asking. <laughs> No, it's a great city for us. People.
0: Anyway, those boys, that, that for me was the most baroness thing. I loved it that we turned, yeah, we could have gone and played more golf. And we do love golf, but it's not just about golf. Meeting new people, getting to know them, their families, and all the rest of it. That was just very, very cool. And we had a couple of drinks.
1: Well, from a, a couple, yeah, that's right. But from a baroness behavior, I, I heard of another. Now, we, we get stuck into caddies a bit. Justified We doubt or Just one caddy We sometimes <laughs> Most, Actually it is just one caddy, one caddy. That, you, that is true We get stuck into caddy, caddy. <laughs> We get stuck we into get stuck caddy, into a caddy. Bit. You with one, one caddy me. And we doubt uh, the value of caddy We doubt <laughs> the skills doubt of, the of caddy and in fact, often we've gone out of our way to prove that caddy has no better skills than anyone
0: else. <laughs> we did, despite learn, we learned a bit today with that, didn't we? Yes, we, I, I'm still yeah, still so we like have had a
1: big. We have had a big day. In fact, a big couple of weeks exposing the sham that is caddy, wow. not caddies, not shamwell, wow, and uh, not caddies, just caddy. <laughs> However, they play a critical role. Uh, they do at an elite level, and and all credit to Kipper, you they do play a critical role at an elite level. And so, for my Baroness behavior this week, it is. What a company is doing to give back to the caddies, and and we love Champions Tour events and we've spoken a lot about the Champions Tour and how inclusive it is as a tour and how much fun they have when they all get together and otherwise, but but always the focus is on the professional and the player. And as we discovered today, when there is a beautiful big gates for the player Mm -hmm. and then the caddies have to go and jump a fence after streaking through private property (laughs) getting shot at. Wearing their green hats. You know, wearing their green hats, that maybe we should pay more homage to and the caddy, homage. Oh, so I discovered that this week there is a, a tour event, a, a Champions Tour event in Tucson, in Arizona.
2: I feel like this segment's leading to just shoot me down, but Isn't I it? no, it, it's I not. It's not
1: Tucson. Uh, in Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> uh, Arizona. So, in, so there's, a, there's a Champions Tour event in Tucson, Arizona. Is that the Arkansas? Uh, and there is a golf company uh, that has said, "Let's
0: invite all the big wigs. Let's invite everybody along, but let's also invite." The caddies along. Before you go on, Phil, this is a company that is not a sponsor of ours in no. any way, shape, or form. Oh. No. And so I think, but I still think we should absolutely we could, name them as we would. We definitely use their sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. Right. <laughs> thank you, Deez. Well, thank welcome you, back.
2: Finally, you're giving <laughs> us
0: something.
1: Yeah. The Peringa estate just kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would have thought 13.5% alcohol would do it? Anyway. Sorry to So, cut so what the, the fine folk at Tourage did is when they were going down to this Champions Tour event, they said, well, we can all stay in a hotel and then just go through the motions, or we can hire a really nice house, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it be awesome if we actually put on a bit of a thank you to the caddies and we had a caddy party? And so in the last few days, they actually, or just in the lead up to the, the event in Tucson, they put on Tuxen. a big thank you, Tucson Arisna, they put on a big <laughs> thank you. To the caddies, where the caddies came along and they they even hired a food truck to come out and feed they the gave caddies. caddies food. And put on a big and put on <laughs> a big event for the caddies. The only <laughs> thing the only thing that is to be discovered, and we'll probably discuss this in the next podcast, is whether or how many of the caddies were ex roadies versus ex golfers. <laughs> because one thing they're not sure about is whether they'll go upstairs and find the air conditioner ripped out of the wall and hanging out hanging out of the window where there'll there's be holes definite, in the... There's a definite TV in the pool at the end of the this night. TV's <laughs> yeah. in the pool, whether there'll be spray paint on the walls or otherwise. But but I just thought that was a really nice way of actually acknowledging every element that goes into making the Champions Tour what it is, which is a one big family, and rather than saying to the caddies, sorry, you get to go in that entrance like our caddy did up at... Royal Chum Creek, you know, by making us go on jumps and jump some fences and almost get killed by someone who felt we were on their property. <laughs> who
0: which, has shotguns these like, days? Like who
1: nobody has shotguns. What, lots of people up here. Uh, yeah, Shoot apparently so, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I thought how baronesque it was to actually embrace all elements of the game, not just not just the players of the game, the caddies of the game and everything else, despite the invitation no doubt being knocked back by a couple of other esteemed executives within the golf industry.
0: Three votes, baroness behaviour to read. I love the sentiment. It's kind of wasted on caddies though. I knew there'd be
2: something at the end of that
0: segment Anyway, anyway, tell him he's dreaming And speaking of dreaming uh, We're going to head over to Kipper Because he's got a place that he would love to go to That he's talked about He's on a bit of a mission to get there. Where are you before? Oh, well, mission to mission. Can I? Can I, can I remind you? Any yeah, more I was going to say what he's, what
2: he's me about fifteen segues there. Good on you, Dames. No, I, I do. I really want to go to Mission Hills one day. Not today. Well, no, it's been it's all happening at the moment over there. But no, I, I mean, anywhere that's got that many championship courses in one area, and you feel like you could stay and just yeah. you know drive around 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 around. Have you been there? No, never but been you've, So you've actually never been there, you want to get there? It's, yeah, pretty, no, quiet, it's pretty quiet now. You I know, get around there, bothering you. I know some people that have been and they just think it's like a million and, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they say you can drive for like in carts and that, for almost hours to get to other parts of the other courses, like apparently it's that, that it's stretched out. So. Not if
1: you hit it like I do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you drive for seconds. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's just one of those destinations that is, that is the – Probably only one that I would really be still rating to go to. It's yeah, apparently. A is, is
0: there a course there that you want to um, have a crack at? No, because more I'm than so bloody other.
2: confused about what courses there are. There, there's one from. Feldo, there's one from, I think, Nicholas. is one there's from Norman. There's one there's from Done Siren, oh, yep, one. is I can meant to be Stan good. the Caddy's probably one, got, got one built there by the looks of if it. If Stan
0: doesn't have one, then I'm not sure it's actually <laughs> so a place you want to
2: go. to. I don't get um, taken by players' names that make courses. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't know about you blokes, but, uh, you know, who cares if it's Feldo design? Does it matter? Uh,
0: wow.
1: There, there is a theme, though. I mean, one thing I will I say. I like, do you go to a course and go, yes. oh, yes.
0: Do you really? I, I really do. I tell you what I do. If I know there's a if I know there's a Crenshaw uh, core Crenshaw course, I'm there now. See,
2: or a Norman. Are, you are a real course uh, aficionado. I, I I couldn't care less what it is.
1: No, you like... could care because what you're not doing is you're not for the two games you play a year. You're not comparing all the different things out there. So if if you yeah. said I'm going to play a Norman course, I'd say giddy up because I like the way yeah, Greg Norman designs 100%. golf courses. Mm-hmm. I no, like the way neither. Tom Doak <laughs> designs yeah, golf courses. I agree. I don't like the way other
0: Esteemed, no I'm longer not a big withers. Peter Thompson. I'm going to call it. I'm not a big Peter Thompson.
1: I, fan. I don't like. In, I but do not courses. enjoy playing Peter Thompson go- oh, golf courses. You needed
0: me to prompt you for you. Yeah, I really did because Damien said it, and I just fired him monkey. up. But I like Ross Perrott. Yes, yes. Courses. I'm a fan. Yeah. Of, I'm a
1: fan of Ross. So Perrett. it's interesting that designers, you actually click with a, yeah. with a designer, or, or and this is not being necessarily an aficionado. It's just saying, I like. The fact that oh, Norman no one designs courses that give you options. Dope designs courses that gives you yeah. options,
2: and I understand it, and I, and I entirely appreciate it because I, I look at those courses of those those gentlemen, and I'm like they are ridiculously well designed, but it's not something I look for. And when someone says it's. This
0: design, and especially a player, mm. like with their name tags, it's, it's almost like it's just a badge. But it doesn't mean for me that you won't play a course because someone's oh, no, designed no, 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 it. But no. there are some that just—it's like a—it's—it's it's like a light to a moth. Phil, it attracts you there, and you go, "Well, I have to play that."
2: So, for example, and, and you'll probably call me stupid, which you do always. But Golf Club of New South Wales—who's designed it?
0: No idea. I'd right. love to play do that. You know? I agree.
2: Yeah. Who? Elston McKenzie. Yeah, see, I should know that, right? But You I don't, should because you've been in it for 40 years. No, no, no but, but <laughs> I, I don't – I should know it, but I good. don't know it, but I love the course. And then the other reason I brought that up is because it's oh, such God, a God. famous course here that you're like, well, I should definitely know, know Just this. for the record, Phil is now uh, Googling whether or not it was in fact our bus. I You're like a little small ant like you normally do. <laughs> it's and like whether Alistair did it or not, it's a ripping track, isn't it? Right? and And that's, I guess – Maybe after I played I should have gone. Well, I wonder who designed that. But yeah. it's just nothing. I anyway, who cares? Yeah, Mission yeah, got a million play, of them, and I don't care who designed them. I just want to go see. But you, but you
1: would play golf do. courses designed by by the New South Wales designer over and over on different places. Going now, I love this one. Now I love this one. It's just in your mind.
0: You're not you're know, knowing that this. You're not knowing what their style is.
2: Yeah, I guess because
0: okay. all of them have their own little intricacies and something that, and they might be something like that you're attracted at the to. The Hilton not it. Yeah, the Hilton it. everywhere. Paris anyway moving on Phil do you have a dreaming oh, he's, he's celebrating got so it right. clearly it was Alistair, Alistair McKenzie
1: well I know it was Alistair McKenzie yeah, because, no, I actually I went, because so in far. a previous podcast Damien <laughs> I and went through filmed. <laughs> <laughs> I went through the courses of Alistair McKenzie and the impact that he made on golf in Australia not only around, mm. the, and around the world yet you weren't confident enough not to google it because I wasn't sure that he had Mm. a co-designer for one of the Morecams Mm. or otherwise, but what you will do, you will find a a type of designer that just continues to design courses that you like the flow of, whether you think that is the commonality or not. My dreaming has got nothing to do with Alistair McKenzie on any way, shape or form, and my dreaming, because it was a challenge that was laid down to me and whilst Damien was hobnobbing and not doing research on his letter... I was doing research oh, on. Oh wow! Letter, You're going to hang me out. Which is the letter I? Now there is from our previous podcast. Now there is one problem. The one problem I've got is that Damien asked me, or Shooter asked me, or Damon asked me to find a golf course that started with I, and I looked at a few of them and I said, "Bugger that! They're not exciting." Oh, enough. you see, you haven't done what you've done. Like, of course, so, I haven't we done are what exactly I've exactly the do. same
0: right now. We've but both because
1: this a... is about graft and corruption. So I am going to go on with my rant and the I'm going to tell you where I'm dreaming about. And listen up, Stephen. I'm going to go and play Bali National. I'm going to Indonesia.
0: See that? Ooh. I. Ooh.
1: I, tick. You're going, to, you're going to upset a few Balinese. Go on. And now the important thing is Bali, I, Bali
0: National. Also, so it can end in I. Is it's that got an I'm I talking? in Bali yeah. and an I in National. I've done my research here. I've written it down a number of times. <laughs> there's also an I in Idiot, Phil. Imbecile. <laughs>
1: is there only <laughs> one in the, I in it, Idiot? Is there an I, idiot?
0: So there's an I in it? Work with me, pal. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Have fun over there. Peanuts
1: and monkeys. (laughs) Right. So here's what's going on. We're playing Bali National. And the great thing about Bali National demo is that there's holes one through nine is full of creeks and canyons and shrubbery. (laughs) You're like like, you weren't expecting to hear the word shrubbery today. I (laughs) I was not, even though we've been uh, trekking through it. (laughs) But there's an island green on 17th hole. And is it so an island or a peninsula? I just want to confirm. It's a peninsula green on is 17 it? because yeah, you maybe. don't only get to it by boat. Ah, so. And therefore the green is not moving. Correct. As opposed to Coeur which is one of the very few island islands Greens, not pinched. And sure very nice. In Baron's <laughs> life, go back and check it out. Very, very good issue, <laughs> one, that one. Great issue. Thank you. Damien. And then 18 plays around the lake in this beautiful nice. waste bunker. But Bali National, one of the challenges, and you know my issue with people watching me do anything, mm. and we spoke about this earlier on, about that fear of, of people eyes filly. on you. People People Philly, People. The 18th Green is perched beneath the clubhouse, so you feel like all the eyes of the world are on you as you hole out and then head to where you're going to stay. Where are we Damien? staying, Phil? We're staying at the Ungersan Clifftop Resorts. She, where are we staying? We are staying <laughs> at the Ungersan Clifftop Resorts, the most deluxe accommodation you are going to get. Oh, they're, they're on the cliff top, aren't they? Right up high. The most deluxe accommodation you are going to find <laughs> in Bali, in We're fact, Indonesia, a- and in fact, up there with the best accommodation in the world. These yeah, are deluxe fantastic. plunge pools, beautiful ocean views. Who have it? E- they've got everything. <laughs> Alistair McKenzie. I thought so. <laughs> Whilst we're also there, what are we going to see? You know what we're going to see? And this is a bit – this is not quite sightseeing. This is a slightly masculine end of sightseeing. Slightly masculine end. <laughs> we're, we're going to Sunday's Beach Club. We're going to Sunday's Beach Club, Damien. We are going to Sunday's Beach Club and we're going to sit on the beach so and we're nice. going to eat, drink and be merry whilst enjoying some water sports and all the hospitality that it has to offer.
2: Outstanding. Yeah. Do you know what we're drinking, Damien? Oh, please be alcohol. Otherwise, is this real or a made-up story? Because <laughs> I want to go. I'm, you I'm, mean I go am. away from the podcast,
1: or you want to go and <laughs> stay just, the Ongasan I'm just hoping, hoping Clifftop resort. So I get, it, I
0: get a very, very, very strong feeling right now that Kipper's never listened to a podcast, Phil.
2: Oh, I know what he's talking about. I'm just hoping the hell that he gets these people on board and we Listen go up. there. We're, gonna Steve, go. we're going. Do you know
1: we're going. what we're drinking? We're, we're drinking. i as a cucumber.
2: Boom. Oh, actually,
1: this sounds good. Cocktail with lemon, cucumber, gin, soda. You beauty. All I heard you was beauty. Gin. Imagine, oh, Woo. yeah. And you know what we're eating? I'm lost. We're on not time. going with Nazi goreng, which no, I do love a lot. You're going to yeah, love no, it. You I'm a fan of You ready? You ready? Yeah. ready? Just because I've done my research, Damien. No, no, that's it does look what we're like going it. to do painted rock I'll have two. lobster. <laughs> rock lobster. Painted rock lobster. What was it painted with? It's painted with tribal art brought to you by Jullux. And Jullux, a combination of metallic based and non-metallic based paints. <laughs> I don't I don't know. You know when I said I did my research, <laughs> you that? Part, I might have got so it. deep into it and then been in a bit of a hurry and just seen on the menu painted rock lobster and said that's good because I've written down here and obviously this can't be correct. Bamboo butter but not cool. bamboo is in oo oh oh. So that's the level of my I'm just still research. Hoping this dream true. Eight fifty US a night. Eight dollars fifty. That's that's really <laughs> good repair. <laughs> and great great value. <laughs> now interesting you say that. That is seven million six hundred and eighty thousand repair a night. Wow, well, Hey, yeah. how good's our exchange rate going? I think it's going so
2: well. <laughs> well no, saying resorts,
1: National Sundays Beach Club—that is a delight by me. Nice that passes the eye tick. No, it doesn't. I am
0: done Not even out. close. You Back. have nailed it again, Phil. You've got eye next week. Though. Awesome. That was terrible. <laughs> I've got to go. But with the place eye was good. Mind you, Jesus, hook that up. Yeah, let's yeah. make it happen, oh, Stephen. Now, normally here, here, Phil, this would be time for one of your exciting history lessons. But instead, (laughs) we're going to flip it and we're going to keep everyone to the end of our podcast by throwing over to Kipper for one of his Tales from the Tour. Oh, yeah, that's right. This part of the segment.
2: (laughs) No, I knew it was coming. Did I? I think so. All right, here we go. What do we want to hear, boys? Do we want to
0: hear uh, something uh, more I entertaining than uh, your beginning? I want to hear something around. I don't know, Allenby, maybe a hole yeah. and a bunker. You always
2: want to hear Allenby stories. I'll tell. All right, one, one you prepared earlier, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, like the you know that one, made one wrote that you wrote down, yeah, yeah. and, <laughs> and one, the one, one you don't, don't have computer. written in front of you. That um, one would be good. I, uh, about now,
2: What <laughs> I will tell you about is, I guess, a green reading story that had to do with me ended up falling. Flat first in a bunker. Flat first. Flat first. A foot first. A face first. Whatever you going to call it. But face no, first would be. It was the first correct. round. of would have been two thousand and five. I want to say.
1: You don't I'll even do the research wrong. on your own
2: stories.
1: Nah, my stories are let unusual, the man speak. Quite
2: embellished and no make no sense. My stuff. So now two thousand five uh, Australian Open first round. Robert Allenby. We go out there and Rob lights it up to say the least. Ends up, you know, going berserk and uh, holds every putt basically for the round. But I've had two times in my life where I've read putts correctly, and, and I say that, <laughs> I say that absolutely candidly. Where usually you read a putt and you, you know, might go this way and you, you're reasonably confident that you read. But I've had two times where it was like had an out of body experience where you literally can see everything, three dimensional kind of views of the blades of grass and the undulation and the uh, everything, right? So Rob Rob on the first hole of this day where he went nuts. He gets me to read the first part. And, and I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, okay. So I give him a, a real definitive read. I'm like, okay, so it's half a ball outside left edge if you're hitting it at last roll holding speed. And he's like, I want to go a bit firm than that. I said, okay, so, so basically just inside left edge and that'll hit middle of the cup. And he's like, okay. He goes, well, I'm not seeing him real good on the first, so I'll just hit that. Does, boom, holds it. Next time, goes again, do the same thing, and I'd see it again. And he's like, I just can't see him today. And I'm like, well, I'm seeing him all right. So he goes, all right, I'll lean on you a bit. It goes throughout the round, and he literally holds nearly every part. He was putting out of his skin, but the reeds were like, it was like crystal to me. It's like something of the matrix. I can't explain it. As I said, it's happened twice to me in my life once when I, when I was playing an Ivo Witten at Ivernote uh, sorry that's <laughs> a uh, northern golf course I think I shot 85 didn't in a fairway didn't in a green but hold everything and I think I had 25 putts or something I know, 85 anyway but it was the same, same sort of thing and Went on and on and on and on and got to the 17th hole and he's got this double breaker down the hill and I started to give him like reads, even engaging wind. I'm like, it's a double breaker. He got hit this far outside, right lip, wind's coming off the left and and it was unbelievable. I still can't explain it. We get to the last hole. He's eight under for the day. He's about to shoot a course record, hits it to about six feet and I'm just in the zone (laughs) as a caddy. Don't have many moments where I'm in the zone and- Anyway, I get around and he's like, he's like, "You ready to read this part I'm like, "Yeah, okay." So I go around the back side of it, get a good read, and I go around the front side of it from his side, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, got it." And I just knew I had it, and I'm like, and he's hitting it that he's hitting it exactly where I wanted. So I'm like, I knew knew he's going to make it. So as I'm sort of eyeing it, I just keep walking back a little bit. And Nico Hearn was playing in our group. He's got the old, you know, big broomstick under his chin. Back in the days when you could anchor away, and. He's a, he's over his 10-footer. Ten, ten he's just about to putt, and all of a sudden my right foot just steps into a vacant <laughs> hole of nothing, followed by my body going completely backwards, and I'd stepped – backwards into the biggest, deepest trap on Aiden, <laughs> <laughs> holding the flag, and I literally fell flat on my back and slid down the face of the trap with the flag rattling <laughs> as it does. Anyway, of course, the galleries are in shock, but then they're starting to laugh. And anyway, I tried to get up but I don't know if you've ever fallen backwards in a trap. It's You're almost like doing cartwheels just to get up, and then all of a sudden I'm my way up the face of the trap and I peep over the top like a little rat. <laughs> and there's Nico Hearn. He's like, you're right, these I'm like, hey, don't mind me, Nico, carry on. <laughs> and so he's like, just stay there. So I had to stay in the trap. <laughs> and he fucking holds his dead up. And I crawl out, and Robert's like, what the fuck was that? I'm like... Look, it's half an inch outside, fucking left, left, hit it. And he's like, You expect me to, you expect me to I've trust your re when you can't see a fucking 18 foot bunker? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, well, just hit it. Anyway, hits it, holds it, and that was the end of that. And then Robert, for the next half an hour after he broke, his cor- broke the course record at Australian Open, Went into the media huts and looked through every single tape trying to get the the bit of footage of me falling about in the hole just to use it. Does it exist? And didn't get it. So I was so happy (laughs) because that would have been used against me for the rest of my life. But, yeah, anyway, that was an issue that uh, I guess I'll never live down but a good day nonetheless so, <laughs> and the boy went on the me.
0: and with Kipper lying down on the job yet again we'll finish today's tenuous links special thanks to us for sponsoring us today be sure to sign up to baronslife.com to get all of our podcast updates golf baron shows and baron's life golf and lifestyle magazine the freshest golf mag on the planet thank you Dav Kipper and Philbert thank you gents pleasure John Welcome on board for our first full team meeting. Until next time, add some swagger to your swing.